0: Deep Talk, The Human Condition is a member of the teach.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit teach.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. and welcome to everyone. You're listening to episode 7 of Deep Talk, The Human Condition. My name is Nick Delaney and I'm the host of the podcast. On Deep Talk, I welcome a new guest every episode to share a story, experience, or an emotion from their life with me and all of you who are listening. What they share could range anywhere from academic struggles to inspiring relationships or to their favorite movie. Whatever it be, I invite you to picture yourself in the guest's shoes to learn something about yourself and the people around you. Before we get into anything, I would like to say thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay updated about new episodes and news, if you'd like to give feedback, or if you'd like to inquire about being on the show, then be sure to follow Deep Talk's accounts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DeepTalkTHC. With all of that being said, I think it's time to welcome the guest for episode seven. Thank you so, so much for being here today. I can't wait to hear all about your story.
1: I'm glad to be here.
0: How have you been recently?
1: Um, I've been doing good. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to manage my schedule and my academics recently. So um, I'm just figuring out what works best for me.
0: Awesome. Is there anything about yourself that you'd like to share with the listeners that you think might benefit your story or the audience?
1: Just that I'm a freshman at CNU.
0: Thank you for that. So getting right into things. What is your story, and where does it begin?
1: So my story actually begins before I was even a concept or an idea in my parents' minds. Um, my mom was a senior in high school, I believe, when um, when I was conceived. And um, she grew up in a family of two other girls and two parents that had been recently divorced. Um, she has a twin sister and an older sister, both of which had their own kids uh, just prior to me being born. Um, So my story begins with the relationship that my mom was in at the time and um, the decision that my biological dad made to not be a part of my life anymore, um, or at all, I suppose. Um, So my mom raised me with just her mom, her two sisters, who also both had children, and it was just the three of us, uh, just the three adults and their respective children for a little while, um, and it was it was nice. I don't I don't recall any of this because it, it they lived together for about two years before any of them moved on to have their own respective families, so. My mom and my aunt were actually working at the same country club together. They, I believe they were both bartenders or waitresses or something of the sort. And there was this guy there, and he was, a, I think, a golf cart attendant. He basically drove the golf carts around, took care of them, that sort of thing. And he worked at the same country club. And he went out with my aunt my mom's twin sister first and I guess they went out on I don't know maybe one two dates and she never called him back and so he confronted my mom at some point during one of her shifts and was like hey like why didn't you ever call me back you know I I thought we had a good time and my mom was like listen buddy you've got the wrong twin (laughs) I don't know who you are and so I don't have all of the exact details, obviously, but they apparently hit it off and ended up going out on a date or two and really connecting. Um, the first, I think one of the first dates, if not the first date that they went on, um, my mom had hired a babysitter because I was around, I was maybe, I wanna say like nine months old, somewhere around that age. Um, and she'd hired a babysitter and specifically told the babysitter, like, keep away from him. I don't like, I don't want him seeing her. I want to be able to tell him on my own terms that I have a kid. And so she, you know, she gave her the instructions and she went to go finish her makeup and get ready. And she comes out, she's hearing talking out in the living room and she comes out and lo and behold my dad now is boun- bouncing me on his hip <laughs> and talking to me and he's having a conversation with the babysitter and my mom was furious she's oh she's gosh. a real fire rocket so she was furious at the babysitter she was like I specifically asked you I didn't want him to know um, but he was he was just so chill about it he really he likes to say that once he knew that my mom had a kid, he was all in. Um, so he, he wasn't one of the guys that was like, oh, you have a kid? That's that's a lot for me. I'm only maybe 19, 20 years old, so I I don't know if that's a good idea for me. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be a dad. Like, at the second he knew that she had a kid, he was on board with the relationship Um, And they like to joke and say that he fell in love with me before he fell in love with my mom. Um, (laughs) Like from that first instance that he was definitely all for me from the beginning. Um, So I actually just recently asked her about the timeline of their relationship because uh, we like to laugh about how quick everything happened. Um, They actually only dated for six weeks before my dad proposed to her. Wow! Um, So 19, 20 years old. And my mom's mom was like, nope, you're doing a long engagement. You're gonna make sure that this is what you want. The long engagement ended up being about nine months, maybe before they got married. She was hoping like a year or two, but they both knew right from the start that they wanted to be together um, and stay together. And they've been together for about 16 years now. So it just so happened to work out for them.
0: So describe the rest of your family's story. What was going on in their lives?
1: my mom's side of the family is kind of a tornado when it comes to drama and relationships (laughs) uh none of them have really had great relationships my mom's twin sister had my cousin I think two years before I was born and she's great she's awesome her dad was in the picture for a little while they were together and decided to follow through with things but they ended up getting a divorce after I don't really know the exact timeline maybe a couple years and my aunt ended up finding um, another man that she loved who actually lived in which is how we ended up in um, the city that we live in now. So we started out in Florida, and because my aunt fell in love with this man, um, we ended up moving up to Virginia in the end. Wow.
0: So how did the move affect everybody? Did it? Was everybody supportive of your aunt, or was it more like there was a lot of tension?
1: Um, honestly, not a lot of tension. When it comes to my mom and my uh, aunt's relationship, they're very for each other. The second my aunt said, like, I want to move up to Virginia, and I want to live with this guy. Um, my mom was on board. She said, you're not going without me. I'm coming with you. We'll all move up there together. And it was, I was about six years old when we moved up to Virginia. I actually had my sixth birthday in the house that we all lived in together. And we ended up moving into this house um, altogether. So for about a year or so, I was living with Um, my aunt, my grandma, and her new husband, and then the two kids that he brought into the marriage and the kid that she had had in a previous marriage. So it was all of us, my, my family and my aunt's family and my grandma, all staying in this house together. And it was a blast. There wasn't really any sort of tension that I can recall. I was very young, but it was a lot of fun for me being able to live that close with my cousins and with my aunt. Um, I definitely think that that's the reason why I have the relationships with them that I do today. I personally really liked it, but we ended up going separate ways, not too far from each other, just maybe 30 minutes away from each other, but ended up moving into separate houses after about a year or so.
0: What did your biological father go on to do after he left you and your mother?
1: So my biological father... Actually went on to become a firefighter. Um, I know that my mom told me that he was asked to leave the department, but I don't have the reason why he was asked to leave. I know that that was his job for a little while afterwards and that he currently has another family, Um, but I'm not sure where and I'm not sure how many kids or what the status of that is.
0: How did your mom dropping out of high school affect her?
1: My mom dropped out of high school for a period of time just so that she could uh, support us financially so that she could get a full time job and um, you know be able to pay the bills she ended up going back to high school and doing night school for a little while and then after my brother was born she went to community college and took a couple courses but she never ended up getting her associates or bachelors or anything Um, that did put a certain strain on the way that I grew up. There was uh, high standards for me in academics. That's why I'm at CNU in the first place, because I put such high standards on myself because I am the first child, and my mom never really got to have that full education and really feel, I guess, competent in that. It's always been a big insecurity um, is... uh, Questioning intelligence, um, my mom would get very defensive if we questioned her in her position of authority because I feel like that lack of education made her, made her feel inferior to my dad in that regard and to us in that regard because especially once I got to the point where I was looking into colleges, um, that did, in her mind, put me above her intelligence-wise. So that was definitely a sore point for us for a little while, was dealing with the fact that she did put very high standards on me um, as far as academics went and just our relationship and how we interacted with each other.
0: Can you go into more depth about how she felt that you were like now academically higher than her and that tension?
1: So... I've always been a very independent sort of person. I like to make my own path. I like to be able to sort of do my own thing. And a lot of times my mom and I will bump heads in that regard. Um, so I'll make a decision that I feel is best for me and she will feel like I'm not taking her advice or feel like I don't regard her advice or her wisdom as you know, something to value. So it's just always been a point of tension for us Trying to figure out how I can take her advice sometimes, and she can accept the fact that not all of her advice is always going to work out for my circumstances.
0: How did you work out that situation where she wasn't as happy for you to go to college?
1: It wasn't that she wasn't happy that I was going to college, she always encouraged me to go to college, but there's definitely had to be some give and take for both of us. I've had to, we're trying to learn how to interact with each other still to this day and how to communicate. Um, So a lot of it is her having to relinquish that control over my life and that control over the decisions that I make and me understanding that that's difficult for her because she wants to make sure that I grow up to have a better life than she or my dad ever did.
0: What was the family dynamic like when it was just your mom and your aunts raising you and your cousins at the same time?
1: It actually worked out perfectly for them. My, Either my grandma or my mom's older sister would take care of us um, when my aunt, my, my mom's twin sister and her were at work. They uh, all lived together and tried their best to support the children that they had And my older aunt actually ended up running a daycare center so that she would be able to not only provide resources for their family, but also resources for the community that they lived in. So um, they definitely found a way around it. Um, I couldn't tell you what the real dynamic was like, though, because I was too young.
0: Being raised in a household of all women, was there anything that made life different?
1: I definitely have gotten the encouragement to be strong um, in the regards of, you know, typically it's like with women, it's like, just be compliant, just do your best, whatever. But there was a lot of pressure on me, whether that was just I put that on myself or growing up in that environment. um, That's how they raised us. I always felt the pressure to be strong and to be independent and live a better life than they ever got to. Um, it definitely has helped me to become a lot more outspoken about the way that I feel and the things that I'm passionate about um, because they never felt the need to censor that in me. Um, it was always encouraged that we had our own ideas and we had our own opinions as long as they were respectful. So.
0: So I know you mentioned earlier that your dad, your adopted dad was like immediately connected with you. Mm -hmm. And, um, (laughs) but what were his first impressions of you?
1: I'd say from the beginning, him and his family have always adored me and have always treated me like I've been their own. There's never really been any question of whether or not I've been a part of this family. I was the only grandchild that they had for about seven years. So I got a lot of the attention, a lot of love because of that. And all of the attention was focused on me. They, they thought I was a fire rocket. They thought I was hilarious, the things that would come out of my mouth. They thought I was so entertaining and they really did cherish that time with me um, in a way that I think has really helped me to accept the identity that I've, you know, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. It's cool. (laughs) It's fine.
0: (laughs) So how can you describe your relationship with your adopted dad growing up?
1: So my relationship with my dad has actually always been pretty good. We really never get into arguments the way that my mom and I have. My mom and I have very similar personalities. We're very fiery and very passionate about the things that we believe in and the things uh, that we hold opinions to. And so a lot of times my uh, my mom and I would bump heads and we would argue, but my dad has always been a very calm, cool, very thoughtful individual. So he's always been able to break us apart and um, really be sensible And help those arguments to turn into good conversations. Um, Because of that, I feel like we've always had a good relationship. And he's never treated me like I'm anything but his daughter. There's never been any question of whether or not I belong to him. Um, So much so that I actually didn't know that he wasn't my biological dad until I was about nine years old. And the only reason why that was ever in question was because the kids at my school had started to question why my last name was different from my parents' last name. Um, I had never thought about it. I didn't really care. I just thought it was a fluke and never really gave it a lot of thought. Um, So once I brought that up to my parents and I started asking questions about why my last name was different than theirs, that was when they decided to sit down and have a conversation with me. And I remember the conversation very prominently because I had been in the kitchen Eating a fudge popsicle, and we weren't allowed to have that sort of thing in the living room because, you know, it could get on the carpet. And my parents called me into the living room and they asked me to come sit down on the couch. And I was like, Are you guys sure? Because I have a fudge popsicle. Like, what if I get it on the couch? And they were like, No, forget about the popsicle. We don't care. Just bring it in here. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of serious. Like, even at nine years old, I was like, This seems like maybe important. They just let me bring my fudge popsicle in here Damn, um, scary so they they basically sat me down and they brought out a little I believe it was his senior yearbook picture they brought out a picture of him and they were like so basically that this was the guy that my mom had conceived me with and I was like what that doesn't make sense my little nine-year-old brain was blown I was like there is no possible way that this guy is my dad because the guy that's sitting right across from me on this couch has always been my dad. I've never, never even questioned it before, and that was really encouraging for them for me to say, "No, that's not my dad. That my dad is sitting right there." Um, so they just explained to me, sort of in layman's terms, you know, this is what happened, this is why he left, and this is how your dad and I ended up. Just very simply because I was so young, and then we started to have more conversations about it and finally decided that my dad, my adopted dad, would adopt me and basically allow me to take on that last name. So they went through the process. They, I believe they emailed him and asked my biological dad if there was any sort of concern, any sort of thing that he'd like to say. Does he want to come to the court meeting? You know, what's his part in this? I don't think they ever received an email back Um, he had no objection to it he didn't show up for the court date and so it was really easy for them to follow through with it and to get this last name changed and I believe the adopted date is January 10th if I'm not wrong January 10th and I was about 10 years old so we had these conversations for about a year and after that it's funny because I never did feel out of place in my dad's family and my dad's side of the family um but after that I felt even more reassured that that's where I belonged my grandparents actually gave me this little necklace and it had my new adopted initials in it it was a little silver heart and they were like here since you're you know you've always been a part of the family but now it's official so here's this oh. necklace sort of to commemorate it um I ended up breaking the necklace a couple years ago that's beside the point (laughs) but it was you know it was interesting to go along with that just to make it official
0: do you remember how you felt when you first heard that you had this other father like this biological father
1: i was never really concerned with it i never really cared um oftentimes people feel sort of betrayed or forgotten about in that regard like oh I have this other father and he didn't care to stay in my life I never really felt that animosity towards my biological dad it was just um, that was the decision that he made and my mom was very clear that she didn't want me to hate him she didn't want any sort of animosity towards him she wanted it just to be that That was his decision and he had every right to make that decision and I would much rather have a dad that chose me and wanted to be my dad than someone that felt forced to stay in a relationship and may have done a poor job because of it.
0: So did your mom have any negative feelings towards him?
1: She doesn't talk about him a lot, but she also never talks about him negatively. Um, She always makes it very clear that she respected his decision. And that even though it may have upset her at the time, that she also would prefer that he had stepped down and out of the relationship than stayed and done a poor job at being my dad.
0: With all of that being said, do you think you'd ever want to meet your biological father?
1: I really have no desire to. Um, I don't feel the need to um, if it's ever... Just merely out of curiosity, I may one day, but I really see no point in it. The only thing he really gave me were jeans, and that's about it. Uh, the dad that I have currently is the one that's put in the time and the effort to raise me and to make me into the person that I am today, so I don't really feel the need to meet him. It is interesting, though, that he does have a whole nother family because it is interesting to think about the fact that I do potentially have like half brothers and sisters out there that I'm technically biologically related to. So if I were to ever meet him, it would be for the sole purpose just to meet him and meet the children that I am related to um, and sort of see what their life story is. Um, I don't feel the need to, though. It's just it would be completely out of curiosity that I would do that.
0: I know this is a really weird question, but I'm thinking of it because it's something I would do Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried like looking up your dad or your half siblings on like social media or something? Or have you never had the desire to do that either?
1: Not even that I haven't had the desire to I haven't even had that as a thought Oh, (laughs) I figure that he would probably be on Facebook or something I doubt he'd be on Instagram and I don't have a Facebook. So it'd be a little difficult I'd have to go out of my way to look him up um I know his first and his last name. So it'd be easy for me to do that. And if That's interesting. I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. I could Maybe potentially do that one day.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just know I was thinking about like myself in your shoes I'd be Mm -hmm. like, I want to know who these people are like, (laughs) I'm related to them What but I think that's really interesting and cool that you're just so satisfied with
1: yeah, I'm very mom and your adopted dad Very satisfied with the life that my parents have given me um which is why I don't hold any animosity towards him because I have a wonderful life. I, like, sure, I've had my troubles with my mom and we haven't always gotten along and there's been a lot of hardship, but never once have I ever questioned if my parents have had anything in mind but to give me the best life possible under their circumstances.
0: I know we talked about this earlier about how your mom sometimes feels inferior to you in some way but because your mom and you have such this small age gap that usually a mother and a daughter don't have has there been anything interesting that happened within your relationship with her or something unusual
1: there's definitely always been i guess a struggle in the power dynamic it's always it's always felt like my mom has been fighting for the authority over my life Um, The authority to be my mom, even though she is so young and she has so little experience being a mother, she's never come out and said it, but it's probably definitely been a source of insecurity for her in that regard. Just that she was so young. I'm sort of the guinea pig of the family. Like, we don't really know how to raise kids because we've never had one. We're barely 20. How do we do this? How do we deal with our finances and how to support this kid? How do we give her the best possible education under our circumstances? How do we give her the life that we never got to have? Um, And I'm sure that's put an enormous amount of pressure on my mom, especially, uh, just that even though this is a point of insecurity for her and it's oftentimes led to her lashing out at me, I still think that she has always just felt this pressure to give me a good life, um, one that she never received.
0: You mentioned earlier that you have a brother and I'm assuming that was with your adopted dad Mm -hmm. and your mom, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, what's he like?
1: Oh gosh. He is, he's so funny. He's actually the perfect mixture of my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. He's got sort of that fire and that passion in him from my mom, um, the quick wit and the funny comments but he's also got this sort of quiet demeanor about him sometimes too um he's very academically inclined um but only in the things that he's interested in so he doesn't always do as well in school but he's got my dad's brain in the sense that he wants to like he wants to do his own thing and make up his own little projects. He actually recently just built a computer by himself. Wow. He He's only 11 and he spent time doing chores and accumulating money from Christmas and from his birthday so that he could get the different parts off of Amazon and then hmm. build it with my dad together. Um, so he's definitely, definitely got the best sides of both of them. Um, and also, I can. He looks just like my dad did when he was younger, so um, it's it's interesting to watch him grow up because he is leading a different life than I did, because I did grow up with no sibling for about seven years. I was the center of attention for seven years on my dad's the side of the family too, and now there is this pressure for him to do well in school because i did so well academically and there's this pressure for him to fit into this life now that we've created
0: so what knowledge does your brother have about your situation and your mom's situation with your biological dad and all that
1: he honestly has absolutely no information about it um He's getting to the age, though, that he's about to start asking questions. Just recently, my mom got a new iPhone, and so instead of having the normal four-digit code, it has a six-digit code now. And so she put in her anniversary date for her and my adopted dad, which is August 9th of 2003. And Riley is well aware of the fact that I was born in 2001. So I went to go put in the passcode in my mom's phone so that I could text for her while she was driving. And I put in 03 and it didn't work. And so I was like, hey mom, why is your password not working? It is your anniversary date, right? And she said, yes, but it's 01. And I was like, that's weird because it's supposed to be 03, right? And I didn't think about the fact that my brother was in the back seat. And he started to ask the question. He started to be like, you and dad got married in 03? And then we're like, yeah, he, yeah. And we moved on. And we very quickly avoided the question because we knew Riley is so intelligent that he would have caught on. He would have been like, but that's weird because my sister was born two years prior to that. So how did you and dad meet? And he... He's so inquisitive. He would have asked way too many questions and would have cracked it right there. So he's definitely getting to the age where they're going to have to have a conversation with him about it. Um, But he's never gotten that close before to figuring out that there's anything, I guess, off about the family dynamic. Um, It's never been a question of whether or not I'm a part of the family, though, because I do look so much like my dad, my adopted dad, despite the fact that we're not biologically related.
0: Right. Why do you guys why are you guys avoiding telling him at this moment?
1: It's a really good question. I don't have an immediate answer. I guess we're avoiding telling him because we don't think it's particularly important. It is a part of right. my story and it is a part of the story of how my parents met but we don't, want to have to introduce that thought into Riley's mind before he's old enough to understand how that's affected the the family dynamic and how we interact with one another. They've never wanted to put the question in Riley's mind as to whether or not we are truly each other's siblings. Because technically speaking, he is my half-sibling because of the fact that my biological father, we don't share a biological father, but they've never wanted to put it into question as to whether or not we belong to each other.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense because it's just it doesn't really involve him, you know, his mm-hmm. his life has been within your adopted dad's and your mom's relationship, you know?
1: Yeah. It's always been within the confines of their marriage that he's existed. Right. So he's never really tried to ask either about what happened before he was born. Um and what the, fi- what the family dynamic was before he was born. So we've just never thought that it was important to tell him. And they want to be able to have that conversation with him intentionally and not just, oh, yeah, like, that's a thing. Sorry.
0: Right. Why do you want to share this story with others?
1: I feel like oftentimes when you hear people tell their story and their story includes an absent father, that's often seen as a negative thing. That's often something that people um, hold a lot of resentment for. Um, And I feel like my story is unique in the sense that while this is a part of my story, I've never felt like I've needed anyone's pity for it. I've never felt like it's affected me to the point where I have trust issues or I have any sort of question as to whether or not I belong in this family. I feel like my story is good in the sense that an absent father doesn't mean that someone isn't gonna come into your life that's gonna choose you. Because my dad chose me and decided, decided to be a part of my life and did an awesome job at it. And if my father had stayed in the picture, I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. So just hope for people that someone will come into your life not that you need to fill that gap but that someone will come into your life and care for you in the way that someone is supposed to
0: right and i think that could be said for like a lot of different situations where Mm -hmm. it's just like a loss of friendship or I don't know, maybe a romantic partner. I Mm -hmm. think that could speak to a lot of people, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely affected the way that I view my friendships and my relationships now. I feel like people definitely come into your life for a reason, and my biological dad didn't come into my life for a very long time, but the time that he was in my life has affected everything else that's happened afterwards. So even just his brief appearance in my story has made such a big impact. So when people come in and out of your life, that can be devastating, but it also could teach you a really important lesson in valuing that, those relationships while you still have them to value.
0: You mentioned that your biological father did come into your life very briefly. Are you talking about the email, about the last name and all that?
1: Just in the sense that he was a part of me and my mom's life for the beginning of that and that his decision to choose not to make another appearance in my life has also affected how that court order went through and my ability to take on my adopted dad's last name without any drama.
0: Did it make you feel a certain way that your biological dad chose not to show up for the court date?
1: I remember hearing my mom talk about it, and that is the only instance that I've ever heard her talk negatively about him, was that she did feel a bit of resentment in him not answering back because she felt like it was the least that he could do to answer back and say, no, I'm okay, or yes, I want to be there just for the sake of being there. She was, I guess, a little upset about the lack of effort still there in the relationship. But I've, I've always been glad that he didn't make any fuss about it or didn't reply back because I feel like it made the process so much easier. And then my family didn't have to deal with the expenses of legal drama or anything of the sort.
0: Why have you and your mother chose not to feel resentful towards the biological father?
1: I'm just personally terrible at holding grudges. I don't like to waste energy on being angry at people for too long, and I live a happy life because he made the decision that he did. I live a good life, and I feel no reason to resent him for the life that he unintentionally gave me by stepping down, by stepping out of my life. So. I'm pretty content with the way that my life has gone thus far, and I see no point in holding it over his head and holding that anger in my heart when it's unnecessary, too.
0: That's a really great perspective to have on that. How has this story shaped you as a person?
1: I definitely think that because of this story, I've learned not to hold resentment in my heart and not to hold grudges and just to accept the place that people take in your life, whether or not they leave or they stay for a little while. And also, I f- sort of feel blessed in an ironic sort of way that I grew up with the parents that I did. because. I'm not sure what traits I received from my biological father because I've never met him before, but I know that I got my mom's fire and her passion and her quick wit, but I also was able to learn how to have these mature conversations and how to be level-headed when you want to be angry and when you want to make decisions purely out of emotion because I grew up with the father that I did. He definitely made a lasting impact on the way that I manage my relationships and the way that I go about having conversations with people. So I got lucky in the way that it shaped me.
0: Um, how does this story still affect you?
1: Honestly, it's, it just affects me in the way that it is my story. It is the life that I led. It is the family dynamic that I grew up with. And oftentimes I have to share that with people just for clarity purposes and to explain the way that I did grow up and why I feel the way that I do about certain things. And also in the sense that when I do tell this story, oftentimes people want to pity me in it. They want to be like, oh, you poor baby, here's some sympathy, I'm so sorry you had to grow up that way. And that's not the way that I want my story to be framed. I would love my story to be a beacon of hope, as cliche as that sounds, that even though my story sounds like it would be terrible to have an absent father that didn't want you and didn't want to go through the court proceeding to even show up, and it sounds like I'd be devastated about that and that'd make me feel bad about myself, but really that it's, it's given me a lovely life and I love the parents that I grew up with and I love the way that it's affected me and the way that I think about things and that I've gotten to learn how to not hold on to resentment and that I've gotten to learn how to deal with people coming in and out of your life. I really wouldn't change it at all. And so just that aspect of pity is really what's affected me the most is trying to help people understand that I, I like the life that I've led and that my story is my story and that's where it ends.
0: I'm thinking back on your story cause I just think it's so interesting that your adopted dad was so happy to be able to be a part of your life at the very beginning. Like he was like so committed, like, oh my gosh, a baby. Yeah, I love babies. <laughs> Why do you think, what is there about him That made him so happy to see that in your mom's life.
1: I really couldn't even tell you. I know that if I was a 20-year-old in college, that my first goal would not be to start a family with some woman I barely knew. I really couldn't even tell you why he made that decision, which is probably part of the reason why I love him so much is because he didn't have to make that decision and really the odds were totally stacked against them in every way possible. Nobody believed that their relationship would come to fruition. Nobody believed that two kids could raise this child properly. There really was so much against them, and I couldn't tell you why he made the decision that he did, but that I value that willingness more than I could probably ever tell him.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to share about your story?
1: I really feel like because of the story that I have and the life that I've led, my faith has become a big part of how I live my life and sort of, I guess, my personality. Just in the sense that I feel like I've always had this feeling, which is also why I don't want people to pity me, is because I've always had this feeling that God has a plan for my life and that everything happens for a reason. That's so cliche to say, but I really do feel like everything that happens in my life and every person that comes into my life serves a certain purpose in my growth, in my development, in the way that I view my life, in the relationships that I have from that point on. Um, And I think that's part of the reason why I don't resent my dad at all because I feel like God had a plan for him and he was supposed to be there in the beginning and dip out and then god got to give me the life that i was blessed enough to have
0: well thank you so much for sharing all of that i really admire like your perspective on everything and i think that's so beautiful that you're just so fulfilled and happy with your life and thank you so much for sharing this story of course with me and with so many other people And I really hope everybody takes something away from it and does use it as a beacon of hope, like you said.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I love being able to share my story with you and everyone who chooses to listen to it.
0: Thank you so much. And until next time, get ready for some deep talk. Do you have a personal story or experience that you'd like to share on Deep Talk? Reach out by messaging the podcast via our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DeepTalkTHC. Recordings can be most conveniently organized in the Newport News, Virginia Beach area or in the Northern Virginia area. Remember, all stories are welcome and they are as anonymous as you'd like. Thanks again for listening to Deep Talk, The Human Condition. Our opening theme is Dreaming of a New Day by White Hex, and our closing theme is Midnight by Dan Heenig. Our cover art is by Luke Dimas, who can be reached at void.mp3 on Instagram. To stay updated on all the latest Deep Talk news, you can follow this podcast social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Deep Talk THC. That's Deep Talk THC.